Therefore, today I am decided to discuss on Bhagavad Gita and there is no difference between Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita because both are in relation to Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavan. And <clears throat> the part, both are actually the essence of the Vedas. Both are the summary presentation of the Vedas. The purpose of the Vedas is to reveal the identity of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Vedaishya Sharabhai Ahameva Vedya. Krishna mentioned in Bhagavad Gita that in all the Vedas, only I am to be known. Ahameva Vedya. And <coughs> So, both Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam are directly <coughs> revealing the identity of Krishna. Bhagavad Gita is spoken by Krishna and he is giving the very clear understanding. It is a preliminary study, the basic study and Srimad Bhagavatam is the descriptions about Krishna. It has been gradually revealed the ultimate understanding of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whereas Bhagavad Gita is the basic understanding that is the basic understanding is that at the beginning of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is distinguishing between the body and the soul, matter and spirit. And then he is revealing the duty of the spirit soul. What should a living entity do. The first consideration is that he should abide by the, the system that Krishna has created at the, in the, about this material nature. At the beginning of creation, Krishna has created the living living entities came to this material nature and along that living entity Krishna created the system of Yajna Saha Yajna Prajashrishta Purabhacha Prajapati Yajna and Praja the living entities both have been created at the same time 
along with the living entities, coming to the material nature, the process of Yajna has been created. And what is this Yajna? The system of Yajna is to to offer recognition to the to the system of authority that krishna created the demigods are there the demigods are the controllers of different affairs of the material nature and <coughs> the demigods are uh, taking care of different aspects different affairs of the material nature so here we find three consideration the conditioned soul the material nature prakriti and the demigod deva the devas are the departmental responsible depart in charge of the affairs of the material nature so these demigods have the responsibility to take care of different affairs of the material nature and the living entity depend upon the demigods to get the supply of those that's the arrangement in the material the living entities need different arrangements and in in a common sense way we can see that what is that necessities of the living entities the living entities to keep the body and soul together they need some arrangements the soul is in the body that is the existence of the material the living entity in the material nature and the living entities the conditioned souls for a conditioned conditioned soul it is difficult to keep the body for the soul to remain in the body is a troublesome It's a very troublesome affair. To stay in the body, to remain in the body, is a very difficult business. For this, we need so many different arrangements. We need food first. We need water. We need air. Thus, and also to keep the body comfortable. like when it is very cold then the body has to be kept warm certain body needs body is accustomed to certain temperature if the temperature rises to a high or the temperature rises to low then it will not be possible for the soul to be in the body this for the soul if the body temperature if the temperature outside becomes very cold what will happen the soul will not be able to stay in this body 
So to keep the body temperature, the body temperature at a certain degree, what they have, what we, what a living entity has to do, he has to put warm clothes. He has to make different arrangements, like he has to have heating system. Otherwise, if it becomes too cold, it will die. Or if the body, if the temperature becomes too hot, then the living entity will not be able to stay in the body. Then the food, in order to get food, the living entity needs so many different things. He needs the rays of the sun, he needs water. And <clears throat> so these arrangements, whatever the living entity needs, these arrangements are made by the demigods. <coughs> and the arrangement that has been created at the time of creation, that the living entities, while getting the facilities from different departments of this material nature, they should be, they should express their gratitude. They should offer something. The demigods need something for their survival. So there is a there is a balance. There is a interdependence. There is a symbiosis. The demigods they need junkies in order to flourish. They need, they don't eat food stuff like that. But they, when Jagda is performed and the, the flame, the, the ghee is offered in the fire, then the smoke that comes out, the demigods drink that. <laughs> so they need that. Therefore, Jagga is important. And that's why uh, the enemies of demigods, what do they do? Uh, Asuras, what do they do? They stop the sacrifice. And when the sacrifice is stopped, then the demigods suffer. So there is an interdependence in this way between the human beings and the demigods. And in Krishna's arrangement, it is through these sacrifice that the living entities would express their gratitude to the demigods and the demigods would provide whatever they need. So that point has been explained by Krishna. That the living entities must abide by this system. And when they do that, then there will be prosperity. Then there will be prosperity in the human society. <coughs> so, and then Krishna pointed out that the living entities ultimately must, must surrender unto Krishna. And before that, Krishna also pointed out that what is sacrifice? Sacrifice actually means offering something as an expression of gratitude to Krishna and his agents. Who are these demigods? Demigods are Krishna's agents. 
demigods are Krishna's agents and when one accepts the authority of Krishna, they also accept the authority of the agents of Krishna, the demigods. To disregard the demigods would mean to disregard the authority of Krishna. Prabhupada used to say, you love me, you love my dog. If you accept Srila Prabhupada's authority, that's what Prabhupada used to say, then you also have to accept those who are appointed by me. If you say that I accept you, it used to happen those days, naturally, that's the human nature. Devotees would say, Prabhupada, I can accept you, but I can't accept these leaders. Then Prabhupada said, if you accept me, then you have to accept the people, those who have been appointed by me. Because I have appointed them because they are my people. So similarly, Krishna's arrangement also is whether we like the demigods or not, but they are appointed by Krishna to take care of different affairs. So we have to accept them. But the demons don't do that. Their point is, why should we accept them? That was that was Boli Maharaj's point. Boli Maharaj's point was that we are coming from the same family line. We hail from the same great-grandfather. We are in the same family. Why that line, the line of the demigods, are enjoying the heaven and we have to stay in the hellish planets? So we also have the right to stay in heaven. Why are we deprived? So he uh, said, well, we will take over the heavenly kingdom by power, by might, by force. So he attacked the heavenly planet, the Lord. But then what happened? Uh, when he drove the demigods away and took over, then Krishna had to come and set things right. So he took away all the three worlds from Bali and banished him, exiled, or banished him, go to the lower planetary system. So this is how Krishna set up the affairs of this world. He has his people, they have been appointed to take care of different affairs and everybody should follow that, everybody should abide by that. If, if anyone doesn't abide by that, then it is, then Krishna comes to correct. And the correction is, those who are not accepting Krishna forces them to accept. And so this is how Krishna is pointing out. And the sacrifice means, then he comes to the point of sacrifice. Sacrifice means accepting something, 
accepting some difficulties for the sake of Krishna, for giving pleasure to Krishna. As in this chapter we saw, Brahma is being advised by the Lord Himself that He is pleased because He accepted the difficulties for them according to His instruction. His subjective attitude is what's giving Him pleasure. That you, sur- you surrendered and accepted my authority, listened to my instructions, and therefore. I am pleased with you and as a result of that you have been elevated to the spiritual path. If we accept Krishna, we become situated on the spiritual platform. If we do not accept Krishna, if we defy Krishna, then we are imprisoned in the material nature. In the material nature we have a tendency for sense gratification. We want to enjoy. But <clears throat> when we give up the tendency to enjoy for the sake of Krishna's pleasure, in order to please Him or in order to win His favor, that is sacrifice. The ultimate consideration of sacrifice is Krishna's pleasure. Ultimate consideration of sacrifice is to act according to Krishna's instructions. And if we do that, then Krishna will be pleased. And <clears throat> then Krishna is pointing out the process of how we can become linked up with Him. There are various ways of being linked to Krishna. And one of the ways of being linking is the process of Ashtanga Yoga. The eightfold <coughs> process of linking with Krishna. But then, after describing that process of linking, Krishna is pointing out, yes, this way one can be linked with me. One can see me face to face when one achieves perfection of this yoga system. But then Krishna is pointing that the best way to become linked with me is by surrendering to me and by becoming my devotee. Then you don't have to go through all these arduous process. The process of Ashtanga Yoga is a very difficult process. A very difficult process. Like there are so many obstacles, so many difficulties. One has to, has to practically stop breathing, has to give up everything, eating, sleeping, everything is given up. Even breathing is stopped. So difficult a process. And then somebody may achieve perfection after such following such a difficult process. But 
if one, but even better than that process, and easier than that process, simpler than that process is, is to surrender. So in this way Krishna is pointing out that there is a roundabout materialistic way of coming to Him. But there is one direct way to come to Him. Materialistic way means taking the course of the body. If we take the course of the body, then the process will be very arduous. But if we take the process of the soul, it can be direct. The way to the way of the soul is direct surrender. The soul becomes surrendered. We become surrendered soul. Direct. Then the process is very, very effective, very easy, very simple. But if we take the materialistic way through the body, through the karmakanda section, through the ganakanda section, then it is very, very difficult. Therefore, Chaitanya Charitamrita is directly rejecting karmakanda and ganakanda. No use. No use of following the karmakanda. No use following the why? Because both Karmakanda and Jnanakanda are materialistic approach. Whereas devotional service is a spiritual approach. The spirit soul surrenders. And when the soul surrenders, the body also becomes surrendered. The mind also becomes surrendered. So body and mind are taken care of in that way. Body is taken care of, the mind is taken care of. In this way, both actually the body and mind becomes purified and therefore spiritualized. Then Krishna begins to explain the process I'm sorry, the process of devotional <coughs> services. And the devotional service, the first consideration of devotional service is to recognize Krishna's position. Initially, we understood first difference between the body and the soul difference between the matter and spirit and then how the spirit must function in this world of matter in order to achieve spiritual perfection. And then it your process of devotional service. What is devotional service? In order to become properly situated in devotional service, we have to understand who Krishna is. Who is Krishna? Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. That is the first thing that we must understand. And that Supreme Personality of Godhead is 
the supreme controller. He is the most powerful and he is the most resourceful and he is the most wonderful. That is the way to understand Krishna. He is the supreme. Everything is emanating from him. Wherever there is any greatness, wherever there is any attraction, wherever there is any opulence, that is only a display of Krishna's inconceivable spiritual prowess. And in this way Krishna revealed his identity and who he is. And then <coughs> Krishna even went to the extent of showing his universal <coughs> he showed, not only he said, he even showed his identity. <coughs> Universal form means when we see Krishna, this material nature in totality, then we will see that Krishna is behind that. <coughs> Krishna is in everything. Krishna has spread his... Krishna has extended himself everywhere in every single atom. At the same time, Krishna is also situated in the heart of every living entity. Externally, he is everywhere, and internally, also, he is in everyone's heart. That's what Prahlad Maharaj very beautifully explained to his father, Hiranagashi. When Hiranagashi asked, Where is your Hari. And he said that just as air spreads everywhere, similarly Krishna is in everything. And he is also in the heart of everything. But in order to see him, we need a special faculty. Just as a blind man, in order to see the sun, <coughs> the sun is spread everywhere. When the sun comes in the sky, sun spreads its influence everywhere. Even though somebody may be sitting inside a room, he can see the sun in the form of his rays. But one who is blind, he won't be able to see that. Even if he goes out, he won't be able to see that. Even if he goes inside the sun planet, he won't be able to see that. 
So in order to, just as in order to see the sun, we need certain ability, certain faculties. Similarly, in order to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we need certain ability. Although He is everywhere, He is, he is externally there, everywhere, and He is also internally there. But who can see that? Only one or those who have developed their eyes anointed with love, Premanjana Churita When the eyes become anointed with love, then not otherwise. Otherwise, you will see just moving and unmoving. You will see sthavar jangmam. You will see the moving object and non-moving objects in this nature. But you will see the all-pervasive Supreme Personality of <coughs> But then, when at least uh, with our intelligence we can see that behind everything there is Krishna. With our intelligence we can see. Another way to see through Actually, intelligence is one faculty, one of the faculties that can give us the understanding that Krishna is there. We may not be able to see that Krishna is there. We may not be able to see Krishna face to face. But with intelligence, we can understand that Krishna is there. Therefore, the more the intelligence, the more ability he will have to understand Krishna and accept Krishna. Those who are, those who have, do not have intelligence, they won't be able to. And so apparently sometimes somebody may have intelligence, but that intelligence is, becomes covered with envy, then also they won't be able to see. Just as you know, very, very learned for scholars, the scientists, the philosoph big philosophers, they cannot understand it. They cannot accept Krishna. Because although apparently they are very intelligent, but that intelligence has been corrupt. It's a corrupt intelligence. And the corruption of the intelligence is due to envy. 